Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, Kitchen Chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, dear foodie friends, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I'm so glad you're joining me in my kitchen today. We have a very special guest, Chef Darren McGrady, who was the personal chef, the royal chef to Queen Elizabeth, Princess Diana, and the royal family. And he is going to share with us today how you too can prepare a royal feast and try Treat your guests like royalty there in your own home. So, Chef Darren McGrady, welcome to Kitchen Chat. Thank you. Nice to be with you. Oh, well, this is just so exciting. And questions have been coming in. And listeners, I'm definitely going to try to get to most of them. But first of all, Chef, if you could please share with us, how did you end up in the Royal Palace Kitchens? Absolutely. Well, um, I grew up in Nottinghamshire in the UK, middle of the country. Uh, home to Robin Hood, famous outlaw, went to culinary school, um, graduated as the top student uh, in the whole culinary school and knew that at 18, I was now the best chef in the whole universe, or at least I thought I was, <laughs> and decided to apply to the Savoy Hotel in London, one of our big five-star hotels, got accepted, but unfortunately, I wasn't head chef. I started as chef number 70 of 70, right at the very bottom. And uh, it made me realize straight away that I knew nothing about cooking whatsoever. But I spent the two years at the Savoy working my way around the party system, became chef de party, saucier, cooking all the fine sauces, ingredients, and everything. And it was during that time there was a huge wedding. Prince Charles came married to Lady Diana Spencer. And my mother, a big fan of the royals, said, um, we need to go to the royal wedding. So we slept outside Buckingham Palace. As while I was there, I thought, it must be really cool to be a chef at Buckingham Palace. So when I got home, I applied for a job. And this is how it all happened. Yes, it is. And that's how it all started. Um, I got an interview two weeks later. Uh, and two weeks after that, I was working at the palace. And it's always the case of not what you know, but who you know. But um, the personnel officer at Buckingham Palace used to be personnel officer with the Savoy Group. I thought the Savoy chefs were well trained, so he took me on. And I started as chef number 20 or 20 at Buckingham Palace. Wow. This is so inspiring on so many levels. Uh, just an encouragement to those out there to pursue your dreams. And and you just said, you know what? Wouldn't that be great <laughs> to be a chef at Buckingham Palace? And And you just knocked on that door. That is just wonderful. And then, of course, you moved up and became just a personal and royal chef there for the family. I, I just cannot even imagine, first of all, the responsibilities on so many levels. One is you're responsible for the state dinners as well. Absolutely, yes. While I was at Buckingham Palace over those 11 years, working for the Queen, I cooked for over 100 different kings, queens, and presidents, including President Reagan, Clinton, Ford, both presidents, Bush, uh, so five U.S. presidents. But I actually started 
cooking for the royal family, my first royal food was at Balmoral Castle, and the head chef saw me coming into the kitchen, and he said, uh, oh, come over here, let me show you how we do carrots for the queen. And I thought, what? You can show me how to cook carrots. And he took three carrots, and he was really serious with them, and he, and he peeled them and cut them all finger length and trimmed them all. And then paid really, really all attention to detail with these and put them into a paper sack, folded it over and creased it. And I said, the chef, the queen really likes the carrots, doesn't she? He said, no, no, not exactly for the queen. They're for the queen's horse. And that was my first royal job. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the culinary, culinary adventures, even for the horse. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely, yeah. So every every three days a week, the queen goes riding, even today at 91. Wow. And at the end of the ride, um, she reaches into her pocket, and uh, those carrots are in there. I think I used to think there's carrots growing in this pocket. They're always in there. Oh. And the horse thinks carrots come ready peeled. <laughs> The palate of that horse. <laughs> that is great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how exciting. And I I also was so intrigued to to read and, and listeners, oh my goodness, you must get his book. His latest book is called The Royal Chef at Home, Easy Se- Seasonal Entertaining. And I, it, it was just fascinating to read too, Chef, how you had to prepare a menu, a daily menu for the queen. How did you go about preparing a daily menu and, and what were some highlights on that? Well, we had the Royal Menu book and we'd suggest three days worth of menus that gave us time to get food in from the suppliers and prepare it. Then we'd, we'd actually suggest two suggestions for, it, for each uh, course. So for lunch, there'd be two first courses, two entrees and two puddings. The Royal Family called dessert pudding. And so at the end of the meal, the Royal Family have dessert and also pudding. And pudding is, it can be anything from an apple pie to a banana pudding to ice cream. But then afterwards, it's dessert. And dessert is actually fruit. So they have a fruit course, which they call dessert. So if you said, if Her Majesty was coming and you said, we're having dessert, she would expect fresh fruit. Ah. Uh, so the Queen would then put a line through the dishes that she didn't want. And then that left the ones that she did want. If she was out for dinner, she put a line through the whole menu. And if she had guests coming, like, for example, Prince William for afternoon tea, she'd probably write in something like chocolate biscuit cake, which is one of her favorites. That is fascinating. And and a lot of questions, Chef, have come in about afternoon tea. May from London asks, does the Queen have afternoon tea the Devon way or the Cornish way? <laughs> oh, I can't get into that one. Um, well, the thing with um, the, the two different creams for a start, they have beautiful de- uh, double Devonshire cream uh, in Devon. And, of course, they have the clotted cream in Cornwall. Which one is best? Oh, I don't know. I think they're both absolutely fabulous. And, and um, we can get those here in the United States. And so I use those a lot. And with my catering company in Dallas, uh, we do uh, a lot of afternoon tea parties. Uh, and I'm actually using the, the clotted cream or the double Devonshire cream. 
Yes, and and we will definitely talk about the catering as well. Um, in terms of tea, we've just had so many questions on that as well. Um, Liza was asking, does the queen really have tea time every day, and does it vary? I think um, afternoon tea is one of the queen's favorite meals. Uh, she always has afternoon tea wherever she is in the world. The tea time is always the same, and. Uh, even if it's at Buckingham Palace or if we've jumped on a plane and flown uh, 20-odd hours or more right the way around the other side of the world to Australia, if it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon, it's really 4 o'clock in the morning, uh, but it's 4 in the afternoon, and so uh, we're serving scones and, and cream. Oh, I love that. And then you'd mention, what was it? her favorite, the chocolate biscuit? Uh, the, queen, the queen loves chocolate. So anything on the menu with chocolate, she'd love. And uh, the chocolate biscuit cake was probably one of her favorites. That's the uh, the dish that actually Prince William chose then uh, as his groom's cake when he got married. Um, I, I went on the Oprah Winfrey show and made a, a huge 40-year cake that same day to celebrate. But the Queen also loves a chocolate ganache cake, mm-hmm. which is a Genoese sponge with uh, chocolate ganache. Uh, and that is the recipe that they use for uh, the birthday cake. So every birthday cake the Queen has is the chocolate ganache sponge. And that recipe has actually been in the family uh, since Queen Victoria's time. And, and in uh, Gabriella Shuley's cookbook, who was chef to Queen Victoria, gosh, 100 years ago, um, that same recipe is in there. It must be so awe-inspiring, too, the fact that you really helped create uh, and cultivate the taste memories and the palate of the young royals. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, the Queen, even today, is still eating the more uh, the dishes that she actually grew up with, dishes in the nursery. Uh, we go back to afternoon tea and, and talk about something called jam pennies, uh, which literally is bread and jam. It, mm. It's two slices of bread that are buttered and then strawberry jam and then uh, sandwiched together and then using a sort of little cookie cutter uh, cut into circles, uh, the size of the old English penny. And the Queen still has those today at Buckingham Palace. They remind her of her time with Princess Margaret, the little girls growing up um, in the nursery at Buckingham Palace. And of course, to me, uh, to be working with Prince William and Prince Harry, I held them both as babies growing up. Um, and so their palates, you know, to feed them, watch them evolve over the years from wanting, you know, the more traditional uh, banana flans and um, pizzas and the children's favorite foods and things like that, burgers they love, to the sort of the more refined, the game, uh, the pheasant and partridge and venison. Uh, that they shoot on the royal estates. Uh, that was really fascinating. Wow. And to think that they are probably having that same tradition continued uh, with their own children now, well, with with Prince William's own children. I'm sure they are. I mean, I can imagine George and Charlotte eating jam pennies the way <laughs> William used to, the Queen used to, Prince Charles used to. Oh, isn't that just so special? And and you played such an integral role in establishing that. Now, Brian from L.A. uh, was asking, what was the most requested dessert by each of the royals? 
Oh, each of the roars, yikes. Uh, well, the queen was anything chocolate, so something like a chocolate perfection pie, things like um, chocolate marquee in uh, my new cookbook, The Royal Chef at Home. They were dishes that Her Majesty would often pick. In the um, fall and winter section of the cookbook, the new cookbook, the um, caramel chocolate trifle, all of the, anything with chocolate in was, was definitely a favorite with the queen. Prince Philip would like ice creams, so about uh, all, he'd go out to the hills and cook on the grill, so we'd send ice cream out. Uh, Princess Diana, her favorite was bread and butter pudding, mm-hmm. so that was like a bread pudding uh, crossed with a creme brulee, uh, and I had a little amaretto, the almond liqueur in there too, um, and that was probably her favorite. And you really developed such a friendship with Princess Diana. I don't know that I was really a friend. I never saw myself as a friend. Um, I was just someone there in the kitchen that, you know, on good days when she wanted to come in and share some good news and, and laugh and, and joke, then, you know, I was there. And then on bad days when it was bad media or um, things had gone wrong or, or going through the divorce and things like that, then, again, I was there to either you know, just be someone that was listening or, or someone that sort of prepared comfort foods for her to help her through whatever trouble she was going through. Oh, and and she really seemed to have impacted your life, Chef. And I know with your first book, uh, Eating Royally, uh, you you were so inspired by her. The proceeds all went to the Pediatric AIDS Foundation, right, with Elizabeth Glazer? Yes. Um, I mean, I spent, I spent 11 years with the Queen and four years with Princess Diana uh, as her personal chef, right up until the day of the car accident. And not just 11 years, I'd see her at Sandringham, Windsor, Balmoral, all of those residences when she'd come and see the Queen. I'd, I, when I moved across to her and spent those four years with her, mm-hmm. uh, I saw her actually inspired other people to, to do things for charity. And I remember the uh, Christie's auction in New York, she came into the kitchen and she said, uh, Darren, look how much money I've made for charity just by selling a few of my old dresses. And she'd raise money for AIDS and for breast cancer. That stuck with me. And, and I decided to write my first cookbook, Eating Royally, donated all the advance um, to PedAIDS. Uh, I, I put together uh, AIDS and breast cancer and um, put the two together. Oh, and, and as a five-year breast cancer survivor chef, I am just so grateful for your own personal efforts and, and helping help others who are encountering this. So thank you for your heart of charity. And as we say here on Kitchen Chat, charity really does begin in the kitchen. And and also we say that the kitchen is the heart of the home and the kitchen is the heart of the world. And, and just what you were sharing about how Princess Diana would come there for comfort. I mean, so much happens in the kitchen and it sounds like even in the royal kitchen, the palace kitchens, it was a place of gathering for the family. Did, did any of the royal family or do, do any of the royal family members enjoy cooking? Uh, the queen, the queen eats to live. Uh, she's not a real foodie. She doesn't live to eat. Um, she doesn't cook at all. Um, Prince Philip loves to cook and he loves to cook on the grill. Um, and he's really interested and passionate in food. And then, of course, uh, the Prince of Wales, Prince Charles, he's very much into organic food. Um, so he's a real foodie, too. So they're probably the two biggest foodies in the family. And I love how your your 
your cookbook just really takes us through the seasons and and highlights just the great recipes, not only, you know, that you would prepare at the palace, but I noticed too, Chef, that the recipes in, in your latest book, The Royal Chef at Home, Easy Seasonal Entertaining, also reflects your, your new home, and that is in the South. Uh, first of all, how did you end up in Dallas from, from London? How do you move from the palace to Dallas? Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, after the princess died, uh, I put out my resume uh, in America and, did, and got offered a job as a private chef in Dallas. So I spent 17 years as a private chef to a family in Dallas and then started my own catering company in Dallas, which I've been running now for the last two years. And the first book, um, Eating Royally, uh, was all about sort of the, the retro foods, the beef wellingtons, the lobster thermidors and things that were very grand in 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. And then just recently I decided that I needed to write a book um, that talks about the year in America, you know, what what happens uh, you know, through the year. When I first moved here, uh, I died to America 20 years ago now. I didn't know what Thanksgiving was. I, I didn't know what. Super Bowl Sunday was, March Day Madness, <laughs> all of these things. And so over the years, over those 20 years, I, I've um, taken those recipes, created my own dishes for my family and for friends, and perfected them. And so the Royal Chef at Home is me preparing dishes that everyone can do at home. That, you know, if it's Easter, um, if it's Cinco de Mayo or, or um, graduation, or, or people just want something for a lazy Sunday afternoon, or Christmas, New Year, or an elegant tea party, they can go to the uh, that book and find some recipes that are seasonal, that are easy to do, and um, they're, they're perfect for entertaining. The dishes that work every time, and that people can can make and say, "Yeah, this is this works. This is a foolproof dish." Yes, and and the way that is presented, I also love Chef because it takes you through the different seasons and the different holidays and the way it's arranged and then the stories, of course, that you share with it, your own memories and uh, also from the palace as well. And one thing that struck me so much in uh, talking about desserts, what is it about the berries at Balmoral Castle? Well, the queen um, loves to eat anything off the estate, whether it's uh, the salmon from the River Dee at Balmoral, or whether it's the venison off the estate at Sandringham, or the apples from Sandringham from the orchard. And the gardens at Balmoral Castle were self-sufficient. So when the Magus is there for uh, eight weeks, uh, they grow all their own food there. And Scotland has some of the finest uh, soft berries, black berries, um, black currants, red currants, raspberries. Ray de Bois, the little woodland strawberries. And so Her Majesty would be happy to have those every day, five, six, seven days a week. Uh, but you try to giving her a strawberry on the menu in January, and there's a big pencil line right through it. Um, she, she eats seasonal. Yes, and, and then you provide just these wonderful recipes as well in your cookbook. It, it really can become such a treasure for everyone's own home and just, you know, having a sample of 
the palace, but also of Dallas, as you say, <laughs> and gives you uh, some great entertaining ideas as well. I mean, and of course, we're coming upon the holiday seasons. I, I always like to get three tips for the home chef. Uh, what would you recommend for the home chef who is hosting uh, some holiday festivities? What What three things would you recommend? Well, that's one of the things I talk about in the book, in the section, um, In Good Company and Cozy Dinner to Sinks. And uh, when I first moved here, I wanted to impress all my friends and uh, the friends that we've made, school friends of my daughter. And I invited them over for a dinner party. And being a chef, I thought, oh, like Buckingham Palace, we'll do a six-course dinner. So I polished all the knives and forks and laid them all out in line. And we had something like a four-hour dinner party. Mm. And it wasn't until they'd gone that I thought, you know, some of them must have been really uncomfortable um, not knowing which knife and fork to start with or to use. Do they use a fish knife, fish fork, which can they go from outside in, inside out? And I decided then that it's not about really trying to impress your friends when you're entertaining. It's about making them feel welcome, but making them feel comfortable. They're, they're there to see you. If they want to go for fine dining, they'll book the local fine dining restaurant in town and go there. They're coming to see you. and They want your company. And the food is just part of that. Uh, so I always tell people when they're catering that it's really important that you spend a lot of time with your guests. So plan ahead with your meals. And, and in, in the book, I, I explain how to do that. Which start off with a cold first course that you can make ahead. You know, now's not the time to be making souffles and spending time in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to be sat with your guests. So uh, a cold first course. And then for your entree, find a recipe that you've cooked with several times, one that you know works every time, and make sure you're using that one rather than trying out a new recipe. It's not that when you're entertaining, it's not the time for, for new chef, uh, new recipes. And the dessert, you know, go with the cold dessert. Go with something that's ready-made that you can spend as much time as possible with your friends at the table. Because that's what it's all about, being around the table and sharing stories and being uh, with your friends. Absolutely. Those are just such wonderful tips. And and you have even more entertaining tips and recipes in your latest cookbook. And uh, we just so appreciate you sharing um, with us and helping us to to be able to entertain royally, just as you have for so many years. And speaking of the royals, one last thing is I, I know a lot of questions have come in as well. Do you think there might be a future um, royal wedding <laughs> for Prince Harry? <laughs> I think so. You know, Harry uh, and Meghan are very much um, together all the time now, it seems. So I think it's just on the cards. I think pretty soon we're going to have the announcement uh, and then we're going to have the excitement of the Royal Wedding. Uh, Harry's one of my favorites, if not the favorite now. He's, he sounds like his mother. Um, he's amazing around children. He's nat- natural with children. He's taken on Princess's uh, charity project. He's been incredible with Invictus Canes and the charity work that he's done with wounded warriors and soldiers. And Megan does the philanthropy work too, but Megan's also stunningly beautiful. And I think that the media are going to look at her and say, oh, we've, we've seen the, the next Princess Diana. 
not another Princess Diana. There'll never be another Princess Diana. But I think that, you know, Harry is very much going to be in the media over the next uh, few months when they announce. Uh, I'm sure they'll announce the, the engagement. And then, of course, next year, uh, William and Kate uh, having a, another baby, uh, a third baby. So that's super exciting. Um, so there's so much sort of royal things going on right now. Yes, and is there a big anniversary as well for Queen Elizabeth? It's the Queen and, and Prince Philip's platinum wedding anniversary on the 20th of November. Wow. Uh, 70 years married together, and uh, <laughs> it, it's just incredible. <laughs> 70 years, that's, that's just amazing. Um, and, and so that will be a huge celebration too. Oh, indeed. And I love how you just bring the celebrations to a whole new level, Chef Darren McGrady. And, and we're all so excited about your latest book, The Royal Chef at Home, Easy Seasonal Entertaining. And also, foodie friends, Chef Darren McGrady has wonderful culinary excursions as well. I know you're booked for one, but can can you share a, a little bit of, of what that's all about? Um, yes, in the summer I host culinary trips uh, around the world. Uh, we just come back from Tuscany, uh, which was an incredible trip. It's my second trip there. Um, next year will be my uh, 14th uh, culinary trip, taking a group of people to Scotland. We fly into uh, Scotland, into Aberdeen, and then go up to Balmoral Castle. And I do my personal tour of Balmoral. Talk about my 11 years there cooking for the Queen. And then we drop down to the Glen Eagles Hotel, uh, calling at Scone Palace, and then into Edinburgh, uh, lunch on the Royal Britannia, a tour of Holyrood Palace, cooking classes. So that should be a fun one. That sold out um, pretty quickly, uh, which was exciting. Um, and then and also I'll be hosting uh, a cruise uh, in Europe as well next year. But anyone that wants to sort of information on that can go to my website, theroyalchef.com. Uh, yes. and, and that's the place to go for a signed copy of uh, The Royal Chef and my new cookbook. That's perfect. And it's a, a great gift idea for any occasion, um, not only the holidays, but for birthdays, weddings, showers. It's it's just a perfect, perfect gift um, as well. And if there was just one kitchen gadget utensil that the home chef really cannot go without, what would you say that is? Oh, we have so many uh, favorite gadgets. Uh, I think uh, my microplane is probably one of my favorites. I love um, you know, making that beautiful zest or whether it's fine chocolate we're grating under something. And my tweezers, I love the tweezers just for sort of placing little uh, microgreen leaves uh, on the plate. Um, I love my sous vide machine. Uh, you know, all the chefs are looking at modern technology and to be able to cook food to absolute perfection. Uh, and that's something I touch on in The Royal Chef at Home. It's not just sort of the, the old royal dishes. There's modern techniques too. And, and so my sous vide machine where uh, you can cook a steak as good as Thomas Keller at the French Laundry, wow. uh, just at the push of a button. I think that um, that's probably one of my favorite machines. Oh, that's terrific. And once again, dear foodie friends, Check out Chef Darren McGrady's book, The Royal Chef at Home, Easy Seasonal Entertaining, on his website, theroyalchef.com. 
Com. Chef, thank you so much for being on Kitchen Chat. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, this was so delightful. And foodie friends, thank you for joining me on this culinary journey. Visit me in my kitchen, kitchenchat.info. And always remember to take a moment and savor the day. Thanks for joining Margaret for Kitchen Chat today. Margaret would be so excited for you to drop by and visit with her at kitchenchat.info, where you'll enjoy podcasts, blogs, recipes, tips from chefs, and even great giveaways. She invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories, too. As Margaret always says, savor the day.